on the ball city, baby. Let's go. Just a block. Wow. Wow. Hyperbound. I'm in tradition. The Narcissi Fiddle Cup. Hello and welcome to another exclusive edition of the TNC podcast. I am beyond pumped to get stuck into this yellow and green conversation today. I've been wanting this one for a long, long time. 80 appearances, five goals, one glorious championship title, an outrageous performance against Leeds United. He is our midfield maestro. Oh, well, he never gives the ball away. Chris, Chris, Chris. Hello, 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 Chris. How are you? I'm good, matey. How are you, how are you doing? How's, how's life over in Germany right now? Yeah, it's uh, all in all very good. A warm, hot day today. <laughs> no, uh, everything is fine. Thank you very much. Uh, the family is good. The little one. Uh, yeah, I'm well also. So... Everything is good. Thank you very much. Yeah, and thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. It's, a pleasure. it's been a long time coming, and um, that that needs that leads me nicely on to the first point, TT, which is, of course, you're not the the first tribal to come on the Talk Narrow City podcast. Of course, Anna had an appearance <laughs> herself whilst you were whilst you were still playing at the club. What I really want to—I've never actually asked you this, mate. What what was it like? What was it like watching that and? Did you feel a bit worried about that? Because that was the first time we slash, I think anyone has ever interviewed a footballer's wife, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. What was that like for you sort of watching that? Were you nervous? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I, I wasn't also not worried because I knew, you know, Anna is always doing a good job and everything. Uh, she deserves everything. So we have to be honest. Um, yeah, without Anna, I wouldn't be uh yeah i wouldn't have played for for norwich for example you know i wouldn't have this kind of uh yeah career so um yeah for me it was fine you know that uh, you yeah put anna uh yeah first of all in the show and uh made the tnc podcast with her it was absolutely okay for me and i also really uh enjoyed it so and uh i know also and uh, then also from her, she she really liked it to be yeah to be with you guys, and she had a really good time. And I think she has also a lot of uh, or she had a lot of stuff to to tell to the people to speak about. And obviously, you know, it was an, a different perspective in comparison mm-hmm. in comparison to to a player. You know how players uh, are seeing some situations or life in football mm-hmm. in general. So yeah, I think uh, she did a really good job, and yeah, I should also say, yeah, warm regards from her uh, today to to you guys, to you and Jack, and um, yeah. May I am forever grateful. Genuinely, Anna did a fantastic <laughs> job. And for for anyone that's that's not watched that podcast, I would wholeheartedly recommend that you do because we really, really made an effort to break the stigma to um, to to interview a woman on the show, which was incredible. And to understand, as you've said there, TT, what's it like from a family's perspective? Because there's so much pressure on you guys. So I'm very, very grateful. And um, do send my my love and regards to, to, to Anna and the family as well. And speaking of Anna, yet again, another thing I wanted to bring up, Tom, and 
I I forgot about this until I was until I was researching before we before we did this podcast today, and I completely forgot that you guys actually donated a lot of money um, to charity, ten thousand pounds, in fact. Now, this was particularly important for me to bring up because it's not very often that you see a footballer not only really enjoy their time at the club, but also really embed themselves and give back to the community at the scale in which you did it. Why did you do that? Why did you choose to donate that much money to to those Norfolk charities? Yeah, so first of all, when uh, Anna wrote the book and, you know, we we made a little bit shenanigans or not really shenanigans so it was like so what 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 will happen if we sell these couple of books you know how much money we will get and it was not like or immediately that was from the first moment it was like okay the money is not for us so you know it's like just Anna wants to share the story uh, or our our adventure basically you know uh with, with the people out there and to give them something back and if we can get on top of it some money we would like to do something good with it we want to help uh help people so because we are very blessed you know we have a really good life and um so at least we can give something back with the money to the people who who really need it you know and um, i think especially these two organizations these two charities with the age you know um age uk um and the and the each east anglian uh children's hospice um i think they these two generations so one of them is our future the kids obviously and the other ones um the age um yeah um yeah they also you know it's like these people are most of the times or very vulnerable and it was during mm. a time of where the pandemic came out and um so we decided okay we want to spend the money to these two um charities and um especially i always had in my mind so my my parents you know or my grandparents they they need help also for my family members because they are not so mobile anymore they need any help they can get and um, that's why we decided to spend some money at one point for for the future and at one point to the vulnerable ones who were yeah always a, a good role model for us and and to raise us you know and um i think this is what we also also did in the in the in the past so i can remember there was a situation in in orange when we came in 2017 and uh, in the city there's a place where you can see a lot of homeless people you know and um anna and me we went out for for food and uh, i saw all these uh, all these people uh, on the street and uh, also some um people who gave already served already some food to the homeless people and i said you know what anna or well, we decided uh, together come on let's buy some food we bought some pizzas and also um gave them gave them to the people and um it's it's always something or not always but most of the times we doing we doing uh, if yeah if we see people where we think we we can we can help them or we can make this situation this moment a little bit yeah better for them you know to to give them a little smile on on their face and this is nothing what you get 
nothing really back but the most important thing you get back is the smile and how how thankful thankful um people are and uh this is something which you you can't buy with with any money and this is um i think yeah this is uh anna and me we we think this is at least something we can we can do Honestly, Tom, on, on behalf of all of the people that won't ever have the chance to say thank you to you, I will say thank you. I really appreciate all of that, all of that lovely, good stuff that, that you and Anna did. I, I really appreciate it. And as I say, particularly for the for the vulnerable and and needing people in, in Norfolk. So thank you so much. And TC, let, let's let's kick things off properly. And yes. let's, let's talk about that that year that you've already mentioned there, 2017. Um, yeah. something interesting happens because if I'm right in saying you originally joined the club on a trial, but how did that all work out? How did you join the football club? Yeah, so um, then I have to, yeah, I have to tell you the, the story from the beginning. So yeah. I uh, went for 2016, I went to Holland and I signed a deal for, for one year. And um, yeah, so I played most of the games and they wanted to extend my, my contract. Um, but I said, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to go for a new challenge and I think I'm ready for it and I want to try, you know? And there was, I couldn't imagine, to be honest, to go to, to England. I was hoping during this time, maybe I will find a better club in Holland or I will go back to Germany maybe, you know? So I was open-minded, but I couldn't imagine to go to, to England. And, um, and then during this time, um, yeah, so Daniel Farke became a coach in, uh, in Norwich, obviously. And the first few transfer, uh, transfers he made was uh, Mario Francic, obviously, Super Mario, and uh, also uh, Marcel Franke, you know, the yeah. big, tall uh, centre-back. And then I know that uh, Daniel Farke was uh, talking to uh, Marcel, Franke and was asking him, yeah, because I played together with Marcel at the, oh, at the former club in Germany, you know, and um, so he asked him, yeah, what do you think about Tom, uh, what kind of uh, personality he has and uh, everything like, like this, you know, and Marcel said, yeah, he's a good guy, you know, and obviously very, yeah, he's, he can play a little bit of football, you know, he's not too bad and um, then, okay. So, but nothing really happened at, at, the, at the beginning because they uh, wanted to transfer another player, but more like a position number eight he can play. He's not, a, not really like a holding midfielder. But yeah, I know or I knew that they wanted to go for someone else. But he decided to uh, extend anyhow his contract with his current club. And uh, then my agent uh, was, was talking uh, to Norwich and... Uh, they said, yeah, okay, we are pretty late now in a, in a summer transfer window, you know, because the season obviously uh, was ending in mid of May, end of May during this time, you know, and the new um, season was like, I don't know, in August, was starting in August mm -hmm. or something, and or end of August, uh, I, I don't know anymore. So, but it was pretty late. So, and I was without uh, team training or first team training for, for a longer period because I was 
uh, yeah, trying to to stay uh, fit on my on my own. You know, I was training on my own because I knew I have to prepare uh, when it's time to to get the chance that I'm uh, in a good shape. So, and then uh, my agent was talking to Norwich, and they said, "Okay, uh, we want to see. Um, we heard some some good things, but we want to see." Um, if he's uh, yeah good enough and especially if he's fit enough uh, now to to help us or to support us you know immediately and um, so they said okay let's let's do a trial and I was uh, so yeah uh, I was so self-confident that I was yeah was ready for it and said okay you want to see me on the trial I will go there and grab the chance and uh, yeah I will I will do everything what is necessary um, to show them or to prove them that I'm ready to play uh, in England and for Norwich City. And uh, yeah, that's, that, that's the story. I think that is fascinating, Titi. I never knew, I never knew that you had a good report from, from Marcel Franklin. Um, it's fascinating that the whole trial thing is really interesting. And we spoke to Anna about this on, on the podcast with her about your, your experience yeah. with, with trials before. But as you know, that's very rare in football. Um, you know, footballers, uh, from from what I understand, and the footballers that I've spoken to, they're like, trial? I'm not having a trial. But yet you were like, no, do you know what? I'm going to prove myself. So what gave you that attitude? Why did you, why were you just so happy to just do a trial? Uh, because, yeah, it's basically for me, it's easy to to answer this question because uh, at the beginning of my career, everything was, was easy for me, to be honest. I was 18, you know, or I was playing with 17 in a, in a, in a third league, you know, which is also very strong in Germany. Uh, I played in the centre-back position, for example, you know, second part of the season and we got, uh, we won promotion to the second league in Germany. And uh, I, you know, obviously then I, I turned 18 and I got a good offer from Werder Bremen. You know, they played for a long, long time. Champions League, uh, a big club during this time in Germany. And uh, so I had the chance to, yeah, to become a Bundesliga player, you know, or to make some, to make some experience on this level. And uh, so it was easy. It was one flow, you know, it was just, just going up. And um, then after a couple of months uh, with Werder Bremen, for example, I was playing in the Bundesliga. So out of nowhere. So where people say, how is that possible? This guy came from out of, from really from out of nowhere and he's playing in the Bundesliga. I was doing good. And for this manager doing this time, he said like, yeah, Tom Tribal, he could play for, for Barcelona. These kind of things, you know, but um, from this time on, um, everything was from going up was going downstairs mm-hmm. to be honest you know because the expectations were um were, yes. were so high and i was struggling also with injuries you know so i recovered from one in- injury then i had another one mm-hmm. and it was it was very difficult so and then um, i went to the second league in germany i didn't play you know and then at one point together with anna we had to make a decision so i have to leave uh, germany i have to go abroad to to yeah to kickstart again my 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 football career anyhow to to start from from zero basically and to work hard and uh, to get back where I want to be where I want to belong and um, this started in obviously in Holland then during this time where I went on a trial also 
um, uh, in, a, in a first league um, and uh, did a trial and they decided, okay, yeah, of course, we, we want to take him. So immediately. And from this point on, I decided, okay, it's not like, you know, I think some footballers, they think, okay, it's it's always nice uh, if the club calls you and they say, okay, we want to, we want to have Tom, for example, we want to get this player, uh, how much money you want, what is the fee, the transfer fee, no problem at all. But, uh, you know, I had so many setbacks uh, before I came to Norwich um, that I decided or I have to grab my chance on my own. If it's there, I, I have to grab it. I have to work hard for it. And like I said, in the beginning of my career, everything was like, it was easy for me to settle, uh, to play, you know, to get compliments. Oh, he's such a big talent and this and that. But uh, then, or not immediately, but after two, three years, I saw the other side, you know, of, uh, of, of being a professional football player uh, with injuries and struggling uh, to get game time, you know. And that was for me the turnaround that I decided, okay, you know what, if it's not like uh, that, that life will be easy for me and these kind of things, then I, I have to do it on my own. I have to grab it. I have to work for it. And this is what I did. And this is what I'm still doing, to be honest, because it's never easy. Well, it was never easy since a couple of years for me. So yeah, that's it. Sure. No, it's, in, it's interesting, Tom. It is, it, it's fascinating that, that you should say that. I, I'm going to take a gear change now, TT, which is now music. That's right. We're going to talk about music. Three okay. Three music-related questions coming up for you. First of all, did you have an initiation song at Norwich City where you had to sing in front of everyone? Uh, yes, uh, I had. Yes, I, I did. It was against uh, when I was in the squad for the first time against Millwall away. Uh, okay. Yeah, 2017, um, obviously, yeah. And what was it? It was a German song. It was a German song. You, okay. you don't know. You, you don't know. Just a random popular German song. Yes, yes, he he's a German legend, and uh, it's a proper German song. So you you can't you you will you will not know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's better like this, and it's better. Okay, like okay, fine. I won't, I won't make you sing it. Second one is, do you know do you know what a karaoke bar is? Yes, of course I do. Yeah. If you, if you were to walk into a karaoke bar, what song would you sing and why? Um. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. I would. I would sing maybe uh, a proper German song, like I, like I did in the in the past when I uh, uh, in Norwich, for example, because it's always easy. Everyone can can join, you know, at the karaoke bar, and uh, you will get the people on your side. And uh, yeah, probably uh, I would do a proper German uh, song, you know, like uh, yeah, well, where it's easy for everyone to to join. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I can tell you, but I can tell you, uh, when I when I went to Blackburn on loan, yeah. I had to sing as well, and I was singing uh, Wonderwall, and oh, Benno really? was telling, and Benno was telling me that was the quickest Wonderwall I have yeah. ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, my my music skills are very bad and very limited, to be honest. <laughs> Benno, what a man! Benno is what a man. And, yeah. And um, but but Titi, I know. So what what sort of genre of music are you into? Because I, I think I think I once had a conversation with you or Anna that you actually quite liked a bit of house music. Is that true? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm listening to everything basically, you yeah. know, which is which is good. And when I think uh, it fits to my current mood, for example, you know, um, I'm open-minded for everything. If it's English rap, if it's house, if it's uh, hip hop, if it's uh, yeah, proper German music, also sometimes I'm not uh, focusing on just on one. Okay. Yeah, so so pre-match, so pre pre-match for a big game. What what yeah. genre of music have you got in the headphones? You really want to know? Yeah. Um, I mean... Okay. Backstreet Boys. You are... <laughs> You've got to be joking me. What? No, I'm honest with you. I'm what? honest Rob, with you. You're joking me. No, because, you know, I, I'm not listening to, to music anymore. And also during my time in Norwich, I was listening a little bit to hip hop and this and that. Okay. Yeah. So on my way to the stadium, but then I took my um, earphones uh, out, and then uh, there's always some music in the in the dressing room, you know. And I'm yeah doing my kind of things, uh, my my stuff. And uh, yeah, when I take my shoes on, you know, when I take my shoes on, I put my earphones back, yeah. and I'm listening to uh, Backstreet Boys because that makes me feel like relaxed, you know, and <laughs> that. <laughs> That that re, that that remembers me. Um, so you know, football is important, but it's still what you what you enjoy, should enjoy, and you and you like to do, and not just work. You know what I mean? Tom, Tom, I, I everyone thinks you're like this this warrior, this big, yeah. massive, bloodthirsty tackler in midfield, but you're listening yeah. to the Blue and Backstreet Boys. That's absolutely. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah, and that's 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 it. What I told you, I'm not focusing on one on one thing, you know, like <laughs> or something. So, and Backstreet Boys, everyone knew that. And it's my mood, you know. I'm I can still focus, and I still can look very focused, you know, and aggressive, or I don't know, call it whatever you want. But this helps me to remember. Yeah. Okay, you should enjoy what you are doing, and not only see it from the yeah. point of hard work or, or something it's what why you started you know because you love the game and okay. uh yeah so i'm yeah i loved it you're a big love it. you're a big backstreet boys fan there you go <laughs> really didn't expect to get that out of you in this podcast yeah. and let's talk about your charm now of course the the, the super tommy tribal charm when was the yeah. first time you heard it and what was it like listening to 26 27 000 norwich fans belting that out at you yeah, first of all, it was uh, it's incredible to have a song like this. Uh, but I can I can remember in the beginning, you know, when I came to Norwich, then at one point the fans, the supporters, they started to to sing sometimes my name, and I didn't realize what's going on, you know, because I just came came abroad to England a couple of weeks, couple of months ago, and yeah, how you want to know? So it takes a little bit time till till you realize what's going on in the stands, and then. Uh, we played uh, played away uh, at uh, against uh, Ipswich and uh, we won to to null I think uh, because uh, of a goal from Madison and uh, then we went to the stands where to the Norwich supporters and Angus Gunn was staying next to me and then he and um, the Norwich uh, supporters they started to sing my song and. Um, he asked me, do you understand what they are singing? And I said, I have no clue. I have no idea. So, <laughs> and then, and then he, ex and then he explained to me what, what they, what they were singing during, during this time. And I said, okay. 
that's cool that's nice and then yeah from this point on always when when people started to sing my song in the stands it was just like goosebumps i'm still getting goosebumps you know because yeah it, uh, it's nice and uh, it shows a little bit um yeah that you have a lot of uh, sympathy around the around the club around the people with the people and uh that what you are doing is yeah can't be too too bad and yeah isn't that bad and of course it, it wasn't a bad start <laughs> because um you scored on your you scored on your debut for god's sake that's absolutely incredible what would you what do you remember of that game it, it was sharp and athletic in the cup wasn't it and um, that, that mm -hmm. must be really nice moment for you to score on your debut yeah it's like you know football is always uh sometimes it's it's so weird because it's i'm not the player who scores a lot you know and then i came to norwich made my first game or i came on as a substitute i think and i was a little bit yeah not nervous but you know a little bit yeah you want to do good obviously on your on your debut you want to have a good uh you want to want to show a good uh, performance you want to have a good impression uh, at home especially and then uh, i was anyhow up front and uh, scored my scored my first goal and this was a little bit okay the kickstart for for my for my time at, at norwich anyhow i had the feeling because okay you know you came here you grabbed your chance and now you you even scored so yeah what else or what else you want to to know or yeah come on let's let's keep going you know and i was obviously i wanted to have more i wanted to have more i wanted to be a, a part of uh, of this team and want to be uh, i want to have a, a crucial impact and uh, that i scored also on my debut yeah was was simply great and but i also knew uh that is not not normal for me so so calm down a little bit with the expectations <laughs> because uh you are not a, not a goal scorer to be honest uh but yeah it's always nice to score anyhow and uh especially it was was good that we that we won the game and i got my first minutes under my belt and i was i was very pleased to be honest was very pleased during this time yeah, it was good let's let's talk about that first season tt it was a funny old season wasn't it it was Obviously, Madison was there. We were sort of up and down. We were sort of floating around the sort of bottom end of the table for a while. And the season sort of fizzled out. And my question to you is, at that stage, if someone had said to you, next season, you are going to demolish the league, what would you have done? Yeah, I, obviously, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't believe it. So I wouldn't believe it uh, because I'm not in general not the kind of person who's uh yeah looking too much uh, at the future you know because i'm just living what is going on now here and now and uh during this time especially the first season um i think obviously which is normal in football um or at least yeah most of the times that if you bring in a new coach a lot of new players um also from from abroad it takes a little bit it takes a while till yeah till you figure out how things are working because each little thing needs to needs to get in you know we we uh, it took it took time that we that we work properly together and i think especially in the first season you could see you know we showed a lot of times some some good or not a lot but yeah a lot of times mm -hmm. some good performances but the cutting edge anyhow 
was mm -hmm. was missing you know and uh, i can remember especially in the beginning we were struggling anyhow we were in position 16 17 maybe 15 or something and um always when we had the chance then after a while to to make a, another step a little bit closer to the playoffs in the first season yeah we we missed the chance to to be honest and this was but this was part of the progress anyhow and uh, i think um after the first season you know you you could see okay with the beginning anyhow after a couple of games uh, at the second season okay the progress is now it's done basically and from this point on everyone knew what to do where to go how to run how to play it was like a running machine you know it was like easy but the first year i think was was important also for a lot of players to adapt mm -hmm. to to the championship and that's why we were quite or very successful in the of the in the second part or on the second season so go on then let's talk about it we have to and of course we will talk about one particular game but just tom try to summarize 2018-19 because that is probably the most memorable season of my my lifetime i know it'll be the season that mm -hmm. lifelong norwich city's fans will will be talking about forevermore they'll be passing on you know tales of of tommy tribal versus Leeds to their to, to their grandkids and how mm -hmm. how why like what I, I said this to mary branchich as well on on our podcast that we did with him recently what was the secret to success like why in your opinion did that team just just click, just create so many magical performances time after time that season. Um, like I said, I think um, the first season was 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 a good start in terms of that we all or most of us that we adapt to English football and to the championship. And uh, what was pretty good that also the, the club didn't lose the nerves and that they stick to the coach, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because with his philosophy uh, during this time, it was very unique in the in the championship the way he wanted to play and i think you could see already in the in the first season what we are trying to do and but like i said uh, most of the times the cutting edge was was missing a little bit the final pass or the final chance you know and in the second season it was the progress from the first one was like okay now it's like even when we were back for example you know one or two now we had the the confidence okay we will turn this around and but the key was basically what what we did in the first season already was like how we trained yeah and how we continued in a in a in a second season for example the all the details yeah in terms of defending in terms of especially uh, when we have the ball how we create chances yeah how we play through opponents and this was everything that was the result of um how we trained and how we worked at the training ground to be honest it's not like that this will happen mm -hmm. overnight because when always when people ask me about your time in norwich yeah what was the difference or why was it so special it was like always when we played yeah i had the feeling it's not the question of if we score it was just a question of when we score mm -hmm. because i always had the feeling we had the mm -hmm. we, we we were creating one chance after another you know and this group was was so unique 
and um, it was just like you know it was like a running machine it was like mm -hmm. everyone knew what to do when to do how to do it was it was crazy mm -hmm. honestly it was like a, a machine it was honestly i'm still you know i'm i'm so uh, over the moon and i speak about this time because it was yeah. just fun it was just enjoyable to train and to and to and to play these kind of games because it was high quality during this time to be honest you you speak the the, the words crazy you speak the words machine now tom yeah. tribe big question i'm going to ask you on this podcast over all of them what mm. did you have for breakfast the day before you single-handedly destroyed Leeds Ellen Road? What did you eat for breakfast that day? You were ridiculous. Yeah, so um, to be honest, nothing special. Maybe it was still because of my music of the Backstreet Boys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but this was these kind of games. It's like also when I when I when we played Sheffield. Of course, this game was special. But I don't want to praise myself, but I had also other really good games against Sheffield United at home or away, you know. So um, this game was just, everything was working. So each duel, uh, each one against one, you know, each tackle was, was there. It was like, it's always like either if you do a slight tackle, you win the ball or you don't. And just, just a question of, of timing, you know, and one step sometimes can make such a big difference uh, in football and doing uh, at this time or at this day everything was working so and um, yeah it's it's nice to get the, a lot of praise for for this game but you know there were also some other games where i think i did a good job uh, especially in this season and um, where we got some crucial points but the leeds game was was very special I, i'm not sure about the this the situation how it was i think Leeds uh, was uh, first during this time yeah they were top yeah. on top no they were on top and we were uh, at the second place right and um, then obviously we won and we took over the the first place i think right mm -hmm. yeah so and this game was yeah okay if you want to achieve something special if you want to get the automatic promotion then Okay, this game today could be could be crucial, and uh, I think everyone did an did an amazing job, like Mario said uh, in your recent podcast. So everything was was doing well from from the back to the front. Uh, substitutes was was such a great day, you know. And like I said, even like if they tried everything when we when we parked the coach on the other side, had to walk through the away stands anyhow, at, over the whole pitch, and but yeah. You know, it's fine. And I can remember everyone was talking about leads and the special style, what they had. But we had also a special style. And at the end, we got the, yeah, won, won the game. Tom, but, but I'm, not letting, I'm not letting you dodge the question. The question was, what did you have a breakfast? Go on. What, what, what did you eat before that game? Because there'll be people wanting to play like Tom Tribal versus Leeds. <laughs> no. I'm never, to be honest, I never eat much before a game. Okay. I, I feel uh, I feel a little bit heavy then, and I need to be like hungry, you know, hungry, hungry okay. for for the opponent. <laughs> so it was literally placing next to nothing, and and you just uh, absolutely... porridge a little bit, you know. I always ate uh, porridge before, before the game a little bit, you know, and uh, that's that's it, you know. I think it what I think it was an evening game, right? So, um, yeah, then I had for my last meal, for example, then porridge, something, not that much, you know, I can't eat pasta. 
before the game it's uh, i don't like it so a lot of people can do i don't like it and um yeah but yeah was something special porridge is the secret recipe there you go yes exactly nothing special like i said (laughs) tom i have to ask you though like there was something about leeds and particularly you against leeds where i know you've mentioned slide tackles but they were particularly meaty that day would you say that you really wanted to make sure that you left your mark on the opposition no, I never go into the game with attention like this. Um, so I always go into the game to just to win it and uh, to make a good game. Because if I play a good game, for example, this is my intention. I want to go into the game. I want to play good. I want to play very well. This is the best uh, chance to help the team to win. So and um, on this day, there was, yeah, it, it was just, you know, I, I can't describe it. It was <laughs> just like. No, I am left of. Uh, I have no words for it because it's. To be honest, Chris, um, I don't. It, it's my job, you know. I have to play good. I have yeah. to play good for the team, mm-hmm. you know. And on yeah. this day, like I said, everything was working. Imagine if I do a slide tackle on the midline, you know, and I miss the ball, then everyone is saying, "What is he doing?" You know. So it's always these, uh, yeah, fine margins where you have to make a decision. And uh, on this day, yeah, I had the. Uh, everything on my side basically in these kind of terms and uh, it was working pretty well uh, are you aware <laughs> tom that there are many Norwich city fans that will say that that was the best midfield performance that they've ever seen in their life are you aware of that like do you understand just how good you were that day you're making it out yeah. as if it's your job mate come on you must- yeah but uh, to be honest, Chris, I I heard about it. Of of course, that when when I received some messages, you know, which is normal doing these days with social media and stuff like this. But um, one game is like it's nothing, you know. So it's like no, un, no, honestly. But uh, I have to. It's consistency, and uh, during this time, you know, I played on a really. So like all of us, but I also played on a really like on a high level. Like yes. when I remember these uh, games. Uh, when we when we played against the other opponents who were fighting for the playoffs, uh, you know. So, uh, like I mentioned, Sheffield United or West Bromwich, or I, I don't know who played against. Uh, I can't remember anymore. It was so many games. And we had this decent run, you know, when we played away at Middlesbrough where we won uh, 1-0 or something. You know, we came back against Reading and uh, I also played yeah. good. So, during this time, uh, I, I played on a really high level, like everyone was doing. And this is where it counts because... Out of one game, yeah. Imagine if we play all the last games, we play shit, and then you, yeah. you're not getting anything for one game. So you know what I mean, and um, that's that's why it's a little bit always the balance, not too high, not too low, in the middle. Anyhow, you know, you this is where you meet. Let's talk about some of your teammates, Tommy Tribal. Of course, a regular uh, feature on these podcasts when we have a special guest like yourself is we ask them for their their time, their, their, their best Norwich City eleven from their whole time at the football club. So we've got yours. I need you to lean over this way for me. Here we go. Yes. Okay. So, so. let's let, let let let's talk let's talk through it then. So first of all, a word on Timmy Krull. What a goalkeeper. Yeah, what the what the goalkeeper Timmy Krul? He has so much uh, experience. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, and now also since a couple of years, uh, 
a full member again of the of the Dutch national team, you know, and I think he deserves uh, yeah every every call up and to be to be a part of it. And also, yeah, he's now I don't know for how long for four years with Norwich City, I think, and uh, it shows how how consistent he is in his uh, performances. And what I really like uh, on him uh, was like. He had always a good um, he a, a good word in the in the dressing room. You know, you always uh, yeah could count on him. Also in difficult times, you know. And if it if it's for example a little bit tough, you know, doing tough times, he he always had a strong opinion, you know, and he helps with with, uh, with his experience. And in terms of uh, football, um, also which is. Uh, very important he he with his style to play out from the back yeah uh, he, he he was a crucial part because for example for my position i was most of the times i played like a holding midfielder most of the times by myself during this uh, season and um then our relationship is uh, was really good and uh, really important for me uh, as a as a number six because I need to know when to give him the opportunity to play out from the back yeah. to yes. play through lines and to overplay the pressing for example and uh, that's why I choose Timmy because uh, yeah he was very good with the ball on his feet and made some good decisions and uh, I really enjoyed to play with him. So I'm not surprised I'm not surprised by the rest of your team and we, we will talk <laughs> about the rest of your team but I must say, I'm really fascinated by by your defence. Everyone, everyone always. We won't compliment Max too much because everyone, everyone loves Max. Max has been a brilliant yes. for the football club and was phenomenal since his debut against <laughs> Ipswich Town. But these other three defenders, no one else is putting their teams before. So talk us through why you picked Christoph, Timmy Closer, and Sam Byron. Um, I think Timbo. He um, always looks a little bit, yeah, more like a rugby or football player. I don't know because he's such a big lad, you know. But some people underestimate, I think, um, yeah, just his quality in terms of uh, defending and mm -hmm. in terms of uh, leadership, you know. Yeah. Um, because um, Timo was very crucial. He gave his life on the pitch, um, you know, and I think um yeah also our relationship also you know from the back how how he was talking to me um to make life easier for them was was very good and uh, i really uh, had, a, had such a good time with him and he's also a phenomenal uh let so um off the pitch because you know he's quite smart he's quite relaxed he always works hard and doing something extra and um yeah and is that is that the same good thing? Is that the same for Timmy Closer? Similar sort of thing? Because what is Tim Close like behind the scenes? I'm fascinated to know from you, Tom. So yeah, Timmy, he's always uh, he has always a good mood. Anyhow, I, I couldn't. So if I would say if yeah, all, all the time I was there, for example, if I would catch him on uh, three days, maybe where he was in a bad mood, then it would maybe already too much. So. He was always in a in a good mood, and uh, he uh, so him together with uh, Christoph, this uh, partnership was was very mm. was very good, I think, because Timmy is not so he is good against the man, obviously. Otherwise, you couldn't play for such a long time on such yeah. a high level. Yes, but his quality was uh, yeah uh, um, very good uh, when he had the ball yeah. on his feet because uh, his build up 
was was very good you know um to to start the attack from the back to to play through lines and uh, to find the people like Buendia, Buendia or Stieberman yeah. in the middle of the park you know and that's why i think uh, they they worked pretty well together and uh, timmy was with his also with his ex experience uh, when he played in germany for example or in the premier mm -hmm. league before very important and um because if you go through through the to the back line there are not many people or not many players with this experience and so mm -hmm. no one he's yeah. the only one if you if you see max or yeah. uh, christoph or semi it was like tim he was he was so yeah. important but i also have to mention on this position it, it wasn't easy for me because if i go through um my teammates during this time with grant henley for example yeah grant is not that good uh, with the ball like timmy but grant has like his attitude and he's such a role model on and off the pitch he mm -hmm. always gave us everything what he has he is leaving everything uh, on the pitch you know and even sometimes when he wasn't playing he was a role model for everyone because yeah. he always was pushing uh, everyone each and every player doing halftime in training or something he always uh wanted to give everything and he, he his leadership is uh is phenomenal because he is um such a good guy and such a role model especially for the younger younger people honestly for the young players and uh and also i have to mention with ben godfrey he played also uh, uh yeah a special part in the season where we got the uh, one promotion um to the premier league you know but timmy closes uh yeah i decided for timmy because yeah so they are all have their strength you know and yeah. uh, but at the end i decided for timmy and sam byron talk us through that because of course he's had horrific injury luck so um, yeah yeah why why have you picked sam uh sammy is uh because so we had also jamal on the on the left mm. yeah and got to the got to the premier league but sammy what i loved with him was he made life easy for you in terms of he gets the ball and he takes the ball and he plays the pass you know that you as his teammate also have more time to make a decision you know what mm -hmm. i mean so his technique was was so easy but so clean and um, that i really enjoyed to play with him um i think i just played like oh, so most of my games in the premier league i think he was he was playing in the, in the left back position and um so i really enjoyed to to, to play with him yeah. because he made it uh, he made life easy for me and uh, he he was a player who who played very simple but so good you know and this is what is the most difficult in my opinion in football to play easy uh, or simple but to play good Tom, we could go through every single player, but we are already running out of time and I've got so many more questions okay, for you. sorry. However, however, there is definitely... No, 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 it's, it's great, mate. We're definitely going to need to run out of time. I know the Norwich fans will want this to, to continue on forever anyway, so don't worry about that. But okay. a man that I do want to worry about in this team is yeah. Onel Hernandez. Like... <laughs> Why does he make your team? What's it like playing with O'Neill? And what is O'Neill like behind the scenes? Like, is he who we think he is? 
yeah, who who we think he is. So you have to answer this question. <laughs> then you know more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So for me, he's just uh, O'Neill, and O'Neill's a little bit crazy, but in a positive way. And um, this team, you know, you can't uh, have or you can't have eleven players, and they are all the same with the same attitude, with the same character. So you have to good. You have to have a good uh, mixture, a good uh, balance. And I think if you go through the team, if you see Buendia, Stieperman, Stieperman, they uh, like to play uh, in the pockets. They like to receive the ball with some little passes, you know. And then you need this one guy, you know, who is playing on the wing. Doesn't matter who come. He takes yeah. the ball and he, he's fighting for each ball. And that's why I think uh, he deserves a lot of credit, especially in this season, because um, he was a completely different type in comparison to Todd or to Amy, because um, he was such a such a monster. He's not that tall, but he's quite uh, strong, and uh, he takes on people, and he's fighting for each and every ball. And especially he, yeah, he's so fast over the wing. You know, he he caused problem for for each one for each. For each team, you know, it was always dangerous. And uh, he scored also a crucial goal against Middlesbrough, I think, where he won uh, 1-0, which was also very important. Would you would you like to see O'Neill make his way back into this Norwich City team? Of course, he's at a time of filming. He's out on loan. He'll be given yeah. a chance to impress Dean Smith. Do you hope that he will get himself back in this Norwich City team, Tom? Yes, of course, but I think um, he won two times uh, the title, the title of, uh, with Norwich, and uh, he was two times a, a crucial part. And mm -hmm. I think it's always uh, important to have players like uh, like O'Neill in the in the team because they 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 serve something something special, something extraordinary, uh, which is which is important to yeah to uh, if you want to achieve something special. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I think also because of his of the past uh, that he he deserves uh, again a chance for with the new manager i agree and i'm sure many people will in the comments and um, mm -hmm. the, the, there's one man that we haven't spoken about so far but but we must for multiple reasons daniel farker something that i think is kind of i think i think that we we sort of have an idea but we don't have a complete idea mm -hmm. in that special season what was Daniel Farker like before matches? What was he like at half time? And what was he like post match? Describe his emotions when things were going right and wrong. I think what I really uh, liked uh, was he was always calm. So most of the times he was he was really really calm. He always had a good uh, yeah um, yeah he always had a good uh, moment for the for the situation what was necessary and um how yeah what we what we have to do and he was yeah very calm if if we won the game or yeah we didn't lose that much but especially in the beginning of the of the second season um you know it, it wasn't going that well in the beginning you know it wasn't it wasn't easy but he uh he stick to his plan um he stick to his philosophy and that was was very important also for us as a team because i know a lot of managers if it's not going well they try to change everything, yeah. everything uh, in their philosophy. And then you start a completely new match plan. And with Daniel Fark, it was always like, we stick to the plan. We stick to what we are good in it. And um, also after games, when we when we won, um, yeah, there's a long way to go. 
we have to continue and we yeah. always try to improve so and that's why yeah i really liked it was was there ever a time where daniel farker lost the plot went absolutely crazy was there ever a time that that, that you could remember or be willing to share oh i i can't remember to be honest i can't remember but there were yes i can remember there was uh he was sometimes going mad if we didn't uh, reach our potential uh especially mm. in training so oh, in training. Wow. yeah in training where he got sometimes mad if we didn't uh took things too serious and that's why after a while it was normal for us um yeah to train on a high level because we knew we will get the reward on the on the weekend and um that's why he was fuming a couple of times that we didn't take uh, training too serious or if you play a sloppy pass or or anyhow you know Wow. Yeah, or if you uh, don't take the chance in training too serious, you know, if you do any yeah, shit, then he was fuming sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Very interesting indeed. Uh, let, let's go up to the Premier League now, TT. Yes. Uh, you win the title, you're in the Premier League. What was the what was the, the moment for you where you went, wow, I'm here, I'm in the Premier League, this is incredible. What was the moment that, that you'll always remember? Yeah, so the games you played against uh, Liverpool, for example, on the opening day, yeah, yeah um, that was, was a tough one to take because of the result, but yeah. our defending was not on the level where it should be, to be honest, but uh, in terms of how we played with the ball, I think it wasn't, it, wa it was all right, um, and this is where you started after the game to realize, okay, you're playing now with the big boys, you know, you're now in a, in a Premier League and uh, you have to improve, and then we had uh, this game against um, West Ham. You know, we played. Oh, uh, we played Newcastle after uh, Liverpool at home, where we showed a really good performance. We won three-one, I think, or something. And then uh, we went to West Ham, or we played Chelsea at home. I don't know anymore. I think we played Chelsea at home and uh, lost three-two. Showed also good performance yeah, yeah. and. Um, then we went to uh, West Ham, where we thought, okay, uh, if we show a performance like Chelsea or against Chelsea or against Newcastle, we, we will have a good game today or at least get some points. And uh, we we played very good, but then uh, we had most of the times the ball, which was typical for us. But uh, yeah, you play again in the Premier League now and they had two chances and they scored two times. And this is where it counts, you know. And um, this is where I realized, okay, the stadium amazing, the pitch good, you had a good game, but anyhow, you lost today. <laughs> you lost 2 0, you know, and you, yeah. you sit in a dressing room, you had control uh, of the game uh, most of the times, so you dominated the ball, but mm. they scored two times uh, more than you, and so you lost the game. And that was the biggest difference in the, in the Premier League, to be honest. And, uh, but um, yeah. Are you a shirt swapper, Tom? You've never told me that before. Do you swap never. shirts? Never. never. Why? Never. Because um, I'm I'm not the guy who's interesting in getting any shirts or anyhow. Okay. I, I never I never uh, yeah went to someone and asked for a shirt, even not in the Premier League. It was never something I did. Now I started a little bit. Um, to ask, uh, no, not to ask, but I know a lot of people who are playing former teammates uh, in the second tier in Germany, 
uh, this is more like, you know, you have friends, we know each other, then yeah. you share. But I was never asking for, for a shirt of a, of a player. Mm, interesting indeed. Right. Highs, the wow moments in the Premier League, and we have to talk about it, Tom. That's it. Have a sip of water. It's about to get mm. We have to talk about the lows now. Where, yeah. where did it start to go wrong for you? Because as you've said there, Tom, you had a really good string of games in the Premier League where I know we weren't getting necessarily the results, but yeah. I, in my opinion, genuinely, I believe that you played really well and you deserve to keep your place in the team. So where did it start to go wrong for you at Norwich City? Yeah, it was it, it was tough. I was struggling sometimes, like uh, like you mentioned. So where I had some good games, but we didn't get the result, and I was anyhow had the feeling I was most of the times one of the players who who got swapped immediately. You know, so where other players got more credit, that was that was my feeling anyhow. And um, but yeah, so where it went wrong was yeah probably after. After the the big uh, break, after the when the pandemic uh, started, um, because yeah, I, our we had a chat. I think my my our last game was against Tottenham uh, in the cup, and a full and a full stadium. We played a really good game. I was also a good game. I had a good game, and we won at the end uh, and um, and penalty uh, and penalties. And um, so that was my last game in front of the crowd. I can remember uh, for in the Norwich City Norwich City um, shirt. Wow. And then after the pandemic, uh, yeah, I prepared myself to be on a top level because I knew there will be not much time when you're coming back, and um, they decide to kick on the league again. So I prepared myself, yeah, for to be in a really good shape, you know, because I wanted to play. We had a break of six or seven weeks and then we had our first game um, against Southampton and I think um, so I have to mention uh, in this year and when we were in the Premier League we had a decent run in the a, in a, in a cup and I played most of, most of the games yeah. so and Tottenham like I mentioned we won this game and uh, that was on I have to I don't know anymore on a Tuesday like cup games are normally are on a Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday anyhow and on the weekend, we should uh, have played uh, Southampton. And I think that was my time where I so And during the week, you can see already who is in the starting 11 or who's not. And I was in the starting 11 and I should have started, I think, against Southampton. Mm. So, OK. And then the big break came of six or eight weeks. I don't know anymore. And um, that was then we prepared ourselves and we came back to Coney when everything was uh, was safe. And um, then I was playing from the beginning against Southampton uh, behind closed doors. And I, yeah, I, it, I, it wasn't my best game, to be honest. We, um, we lost 3 0, and um, I didn't look good in, in one goal we con conceded, to be honest. And from this point, I think uh, I have to be honest, I, I didn't play much anymore. I didn't play much anymore. And um, then, but then the game, we had a game against Man United, uh, also in the FA Cup, because we won uh, against Tottenham. Yeah. And I uh, didn't play. I didn't play. And um, I think this was the moment where I was really, really disappointed because, 
Yeah, I was one player who was also part of a of a good campaign in a in a FA Cup, you know, who also brought us yeah to to this game, you know, showed some good performances and I and I didn't play. And this was the moment where I was uh, was really was really disappointed. And then um yeah, I got another chance against uh, Chelsea. Uh, not against Chelsea, sorry, against Arsenal, uh, yeah. where we lost uh, 4-0. And I got substitute uh, at halftime, where we were back already 2-0. And yeah, so all in all, um, yeah, this was the time where it was very, very difficult, to be honest. So that was the difficult period where yes. things start to go wrong. So let's fast forward slightly to basically the end because it, yeah. it, it and the end sort of isn't the end as i'm sure we'll, we'll go into in just a, in just a minute or so um but how how did it end tom and and who said what to who and when and why because norwich fans still don't really know why did tom tribal end up for example training with the under 23s like and and how did that make you feel yeah, so basically it was, I, I can't tell you. So that was like, they wanted, they told me they wanted to do something new on this position. Uh, after three years, um, they decided to do something new. And um, I was I was really disappointed because I think um, everyone could knew uh, or everyone knew uh, what kind of strength I can be or what performances I can deliver, especially in the championship. And um, also, I, I, I know I was knowing Daniel for, for three years. I was working for him for with him for three years. I knew the system in and out, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, to to bring them back also to be a part of the team to bring back the, the Premier League to the promotion or the playoffs at least. And um, yeah, so I was really, really disappointed, and also then how how it end or how it was ending with the training then with the under twenty threes. Mm. This is where I say, um, yeah, you. I think that was also a little bit disrespectful because um, a player who's serving for the club like uh, three years, you know, um, I always gave my gave my everything. For the mm -hmm. club you know so i gave everything i had for the club i was always fighting um in the yellow and green shirt and um, yeah. yeah every season i had an injury you know it was not because i'm lazy with my body it was because i gave everything i had on the pitch you know yeah. and then um to to get the message yeah you're not allowed anymore to train with the first team was was yeah i was Tom, very disappointed Tom, if you don't mind me asking, who 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 said to you you're not with the first team anymore? Mm, I think it was uh, so. I think it was Daniel when we had a, had a chat. So right. because Daniel said, "Yeah, okay, the club decided you uh, we wanted to do something new," and the club right. said, "Okay." Daniel said, "You know, it was was a little bit like mm. okay." So the the result was. At the end, they wanted to do something new. Yeah, they wanted to do something new, and we have to say, if we are honest, at the end, it was also working. Eh? So you won the title, sure, so, and uh, you brought in with Oli Skip uh, a really good player, who showed some decent, uh, some decent performances. 
but I think at the end, you know, um, yeah, it was mm -hmm. just unlucky. Um, if you, if I'm not a part anymore of the team or if I should go for, for something else, you know, or the club wanted to do something new is fine, you know, but, uh, I think that, uh, that they sent me to the second team was, was not the right way. Yeah, I agree. And I, I agree with you that, that it was a disrespectful move. Definitely. So to confirm, Tom, you definitely wanted to stay at Norris City Football Club and you you feel that um, you did all the right things to, to stay at the football club? Yes, sure. Yes, sure. Because uh, I always gave everything for the, for the club. You know, I always gave everything for the club. And even if I had this uh, difficult period, the summer break is also there to clear off the head, you know, to get a fresh mindset. And uh, I always love to play for, for the club and for the team, you know, and um, it was always my intention to, to stay because I, my family, Anna, me, we always felt so comfortable in Norwich and around Norfolk. So there was no point for us uh, to leave. Yeah. Well, look, it's good to hear that you wanted to stay, albeit it's sad that that you didn't. And um, Tom, we could go on uh we could go on forever in, in many different angles, but I actually just want to mix things up now and I want to ask you what your what you're thinking is almost a I guess you still support support the team now, Tom. So sure. so what is it like um for you watching Norwich City this season? Why do you think it's not worked and you know, how did you feel, for example, when Daniel Farker got, got sacked? Did that surprise you? Yeah, yeah uh, the moment when they sacked him, well, I was a little bit uh, surprised because uh, I think the day before they won against uh, Brentford, the first yeah. game in the league. And uh, I had a little bit the feeling, OK, this could be the turnaround now to, to win more games to get or to, yeah, to get some more points at least and uh, so next day they sacked him and uh was 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 quite uh disappointed and one thing i wanted to mention is so i have not um regarding daniel Farke, you know even when he got sacked after brentford i was sending him a message or i was calling him so Good. you know because um there's no bad relationship between us you know it's everything is fine i'm not the guy who is uh, still negative or something, you know, it, uh, yeah. what happened, happened. And uh, that's also football business. So and that's why I was uh, also not shocked is the wrong word. It's the, yeah, everything can happen in football. So yeah. I sent him a message and uh, I was calling him. And um, yeah, so, and this season that they are doing not that well or that they got relegated already to the championship back to the championship i expected also a little bit more to be honest because um mm. especially after the investments um, or after the transfers they did uh, last summer um that they had some better chances or fighting for a longer period at least to, to stay in the league and um yeah didn't happen but um yeah, or that they learned out of the first season uh, when we got uh, relegated to the back to the championship. And this is what I have missed a little bit. Anyhow, the progress. Mm. It didn't look like uh, that you are, yeah, yeah, uh, in in the mixture in the mix till till the end to fight for to stay in the Premier League. And it looked like a little bit okay. They had no chance really. Anyhow, they had. Uh, I think after Dean Smith came in. 
a, a good run of games where they yeah. gained some points, right? Huh? Where they gained some points, yeah. and uh, but this was just a short period. And anyhow, if you want to stay in the league, you have to, yeah, you have to a little bit more show a little bit more consistency. Anyhow, in terms of uh, getting points, and this is what I couldn't understand, you know, because our first season. You know, we had after the pandemic, we had no chance, and we deserved to yeah. to go down. Yeah. And um, that's why I thought, okay, this season, you know, they get the chance immediately again. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing happened, and that's why I was a little bit uh, wondering and a little bit disappointed that they couldn't, yeah, stay in the league. A, a, a favorite player from this current team, Tom? When 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 you when you watch Norwich City, is there a particular player in the current Norwich City team that you go? Yeah, I really like him. He's a good player. Um, bop, 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 bop. I, I think uh, Norman. So when I watched the first few games, uh, yeah. he, he he was playing very well, and um, I liked his attitude. I liked the the yeah. how he picks passes, you know. So, um, but I think he was struggling also, uh, um, yeah, around winter. Anyhow, with some with some injuries. And couldn't, um, yeah, continue anyhow. And they missed him a lot, I think, because especially in the beginning, he, he played a, a crucial part or was important. And yeah, otherwise, obviously, I, I know uh, Timo, you know, I played a lot of games with Timo. Um, I think he scored a double figures again this yeah. season. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And um, that simply shows also his quality. This is a progress, I think. Uh, you know what I mean? In terms and comparison, anyhow, to his first season. Yeah. And um, I think I'm not sure how many score goals he scored. But when I watched the games, you know, he looked more confident in the, in the Premier League. You know, he scored and it was a little bit, he was the light. You know, I think he was a star in this team. Is my uh feeling anyhow you know um that he was was doing a, a good job and um so timo was always someone with his movements and the way he he's moving in the box where i like to like to watch him because if i go through the starting 11 there are not many players to be honest um who are played with sammy is still there tim cruel um max yeah if he yeah. if he's playing uh grant that's Four and Christoph, on the wings, uh, Christoph. Yeah, but Christoph is uh, injured, I think. Yeah. And then you have uh, Rashika, Rashika, and uh, who's on the other wing? I I don't know who is PP, it. Sergeant. Yeah, so I don't know these these players, you know, yeah. and um, so yeah, so, I don't know. So that's why I'm more like uh, yeah, looking for players I played with. I tried the dressing room with. Tom, um, I'm gonna. I'm going to finish on this um, because I think it's really important to do so because I I don't think you I don't think you really got the chance to properly say bye to Norwich City Football Club and as you know thousands of people and um, Norwich fans in of course Norfolk and all over the world will be watching and listening to this now so I'm going to hand it over to you what is your message to the Norwich City fans that chanted Super Tommy Tribal in the stands and loved that Leeds United away performance and all of your other great performances in your, in your time with us. What, what's your message to, to say thank you for their support? Yeah. So, first of all, 
um thank you thank you very much the the support we received me and my family from the first day we came came to norwich we came to norfolk it was just incredible to be honest so it doesn't matter where we went where did we go we when people talked to us it always felt like one big family to be honest you know everyone was so calm and so and so nice you know and it was just nice to talk to people you know to get the reception of them and um so they made us feel home from the first day on you know when they uh, when you go to the stadium and you have a chat when you went to the stadium and you had a chat with them after the game it, it was simply nice you know and i just hope that uh, anyhow we will meet again one day you know and um because yeah it was just uh, a bummer that i couldn't say probably anyhow goodbye because yeah we had the games behind closed doors and it was just an unlucky situation with the pandemic um in terms of saying goodbye and um, yeah it was it was a special time and i wish the club that they calm down things a little bit now you know if they're going back to the championship now that they hopefully going up to the premier league and that they can stay for a longer time in the Premier League, you know, because this is what I always said, people in and around Norwich deserve, because all the time we played at home, the stands and supporters, they are there, they support the team, and uh, they're so helpful and respectful to the team if you identify uh, with the club, you know, and if you have the heart on the, on the right place, and they always appreciate it. And that's why I think they deserve football on the highest level, year in and year out so yeah and hopefully that we can see us one one day again tom you, you i need to stop you there because you're going to make me emotional um <laughs> Nancy, on behalf of all the norwich fans that are like super tommy tribal thank you for everything that you've done for the football club thank you for giving your absolute all every single time you're on the pitch you you really did bleed yellow and green and i'm I'm uh, I'm I'm forever grateful. Um, thank you so much for for coming on, Tom. And as you say, uh, we we hope to see you again sometime soon. No, thank you, thank you, Chris, for for having me and to share a little part of my story with you guys. And also, in behalf of Anna, I of my wife, I can say we had a decent time in Norwich, and uh, you will always have a place in our heart. Thank you very much. And thank you so much to everyone watching and listening. And um, of course, thank you to our sponsors. We're, we're forever grateful. If you've enjoyed this Super Tommy Tribal exclusive, do let us know. We are at Talk Norwich City on social media. Give us a five star on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. However you watch and listen, listen, listen give it a thumbs up on YouTube. And uh, finally... Super Tommy Tribal, what is the last thing to say? Um, see you soon. On the ball city. <laughs> Not the, on the ball city. Yeah. Yay! On the ball city. Yeah. <laughs>